Good morning. We're back again. Man, I'm having a good time enjoying doing this podcast. It's better than I thought it would be. You know, I've always listened to a lot of people's podcasts and never thought about doing my own, but then it just came to me to start doing it, and it's been really positive, and, and I've been talking to some really amazing people, and I think we got another one coming on the show today, Gianna Tino. Gianna is a certified personal trainer through the ISSA. Gianna graduated from Temple University uh, with a BS in exercise sports science in December of 2017. Gianna began her career in fitness in the fitness industry in 2015 when she started working as an intern at a small semi-private gym. After three years in the private sector, she began training in the corporate fitness industry. After about eight months in corporate fitness, Gianna decided to pursue her true passion of working with athletes. Gianna has spent the past school year working at Germantown Academy, where she has assisted the head strength coach. Gianna is now starting her own training business, which will be focusing on athletes, specifically female athletes. Guys, you're going to have a great time listening to Gianna. She's funny, witty very honest, and uh, just a good person to be around. So without further ado, Gianna Tino. Hello. Hi. Awesome. What's going on? I'm good. I'm very good. Very, good. very good. Glad. And yourself? I've been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I uh, It was funny. Yesterday, I was on a phone call with uh, Carolyn Schmidt. My girlfriend. Everybody's your girlfriend. <laughs> Come on here. What's the matter with you? Sorry, I have friends, Darian. And you know what was funny? Guess who showed up during the phone call? Uh, Lauren. Lauren showed up. She came into work, apparently. Oh, she She's showed like, up to work? Yeah, she's like. Carolyn's, I guess, at her job, which was hilarious to me. And Lauren walks in. She goes, oh, Lauren's here. And Lauren goes, hi, BFF. And I was like, that's exactly right. Oh, no, <laughs> I told you that's my title. Well, you lose. You definitely lost oh, on it. Oh, that's not fair. She said it. I didn't say it. She said it. Yeah, but I wasn't present. So maybe she just felt bad for you. I'm not so sure about that, <laughs> but, you know. You're making up things now, uh, maybe, uh, usual. but it was pretty funny. She's like, you're talking to all of my friends. I'm like, listen, it's not like I'm stalking people. It just shows up on my LinkedIn. Yeah. When you talk to people, it, it basically, this algorithm says, says, Hey, you need to talk to this person. I'm like, okay, why not? Well, LinkedIn connected you to some pretty cool people. So, I mean, maybe, I, but you know, <laughs> it's uh, it led us together, so it's pretty That's cool. That's what I'm saying. Hello. Right. Hello. <laughs> so uh, that was, I thought that was pretty funny that we were having that conversation, and Lauren walked in, and she was like, BFF, I'll talk to you next week, all right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So you might want to talk to Lauren about that. I know. That I think because... I'm going to have to shoot her a text when we're done here. Yeah, yeah, you might want to because, you know, we're we're doing shots on Good Time Charlie. You might want to rethink this whole thing. Yeah, right? I think I might have to back out and let YouTube BFFs do oh, the thing. Oh, that's terrible to say. I heard you need to take a nap beforehand or something like that. Uh, I take naps every day. What is – wait, wait, you take naps all the time. What are you, like, a five-year-old? I mean – Hey, it's 
sleep is a very important part of recovery. So I totally agree. I totally agree. But you know, like how long are these naps? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Just tell me you're on my show. You have to be honest. Every, anything I ask you, you have to tell me. It's how okay. it works. All right. Um, depends on the day. Could be anywhere from an hour to um, possibly four. Four hour nap. <laughs> okay. Is that with drinking or without drinking? Cause I, without, I without. Four hour nap without drinking. I mean, have you always been like this? I, I have. I, I love to sleep. Wow, man, that's incredible. I, I don't take naps. I try and it doesn't never works. Sleeping know. is my favorite part of the day. Are you serious? No, no. Working out is my favorite part of the day. So why, are you, why did you just lie? But I do. I didn't lie. It's my, it's my second favorite part of the day. Okay, you totally just lied. Uh, I'm not a liar. <laughs> don't call me a liar. Okay, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, well, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Gianna's uh, pretty funny. And uh, I came across her through Lauren Rothfeld, who has the highest rated show on my uh, podcast, which unbeknownst to Lauren, she was like completely blown away by that. And I was like, well, this chick must have some really cool friends because I'm running all these other people that seem to be really amazing. So we'll see if you got the Lauren effect going here. All right. I hope so. You know, but I I don't know if I can live up to Lauren is. Lauren is pretty cool. So, well, you know what it is, I think, too, is um, different people that I talk to, their audiences are different. You know, like, uh, so she shared it on Facebook, right? And you guys are like, we're going to make you Facebook famous. And I'm like, please don't. Uh, God, please no. Uh, but you guys must seem to have a good social network with, with a, a variety of people because I didn't, I didn't see that kind of blowing up like that. So tell me a little bit about your friendship and your, your network at this point in your life with people. So Lauren and I actually went to high school together and we didn't become friends until senior year of high school. But like our connection, once we like our groups kind of crossed paths and once we kind of connected, like it was like an instant friendship. So we'd be walking down the hallways and Lauren's like, seven feet tall and I'm like four right. feet tall and so really how how tall are you really I'm actually five my license says I'm five two but how how, how tall are I you think really I'm though? five feet all <laughs> oh, right okay you're a shorty okay yeah and Lauren's like I don't know she's gotta be like six something but wow you're just fabricating things left and right you know she's <laughs> well, definitely not six feet okay <laughs> like... she's really tall she's okay like... to you yeah <laughs> like... she's a giant to me so we'd be walking down the hallway and Lauren's like towering over everybody and I'm like below average height and she would yell my name and I would yell back and really you couldn't see me but you could hear me that's for sure. Right, right. Um, You're the loud friend? We both are. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So we kind of lost touch when we went to college um and then I started working for Exos and we had a position open. Yeah. And one day Lauren walked in and right. it was just like we had never been apart. We were really singing, we were singing in the hallways together. <laughs> we we were decorating. We were teaching class together and it was just like so much fun. So Really? So yeah. this is the BFF element. Uh, that we're talking yeah. about here. Yes. 
not so sure about this, honestly. But <laughs> well, can you sing all the songs in A Star Is Born? No, it's no, and I can. That movie's depressing. You know that it's pretty depressing. I don't know. Lauren and I really like that movie. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said it's depressing. It's kind of like it's pretty sad, actually. It's like uh. it is sad. I cried the whole time, and I knew the ending. Yeah, well, you know, I, I didn't cry, but I, I would cry in movies. I just was like, man, this is like really depressing yeah. at the end. It's just, yes, why? It Anyways, well, um, so tell me, you know, I was thinking about, you know, with you coming on here um, and I end up, I swear, I end up meeting so many people who are like considerably younger than me. And, uh, you know, you're in your 20s and I, I'm interested and fascinated by the life of 20 something year olds and in this stage of life that we're living in how do you see your world right now and your perspective as somebody in that, that age group in this fitness industry or just in general in life in general yeah in life in general life as a 25 year old is fun but it is scary because okay. you're an adult you're you're one year away from being kicked off of your parents' health insurance, <laughs> and that is scary to think about. But it's also fun and exciting because there's all these new adventures and things that and different paths that you can take, and the paths you take will just lead to another journey. So. It's super exciting, but it's also um, terrifying because right. I need to I need to prepare for my future. So, what is that future like? What do you see yourself doing? You know, I know you're in the fitness industry like I am, um, but what do you what do you want out of life? What do you what do you see for yourself? I want to help people love. And feel my passion for fitness because I think that this is such a, a great outlet and a great way to improve every aspect of your life. Uh -huh. And that's why I got involved in the fitness industry. And I just, I want people to love it as much as I do. So my whole goal is to make small changes for my clients and the people that I surround and that surround me and help them improve the quality of their life through exercise and changing their mindset because that's really what it is. It's all a mindset thing. Like you have to have a good mindset and change the way of your thinking and you're going to see improvements and you're going to live a better quality of life. So what got you into fitness? Like what was there something, you know, over time growing up your parents or just playing athletics? What led you into the field? So I've always been pretty active. And then when I went to college, I was studying kinesiology and I was pre-health. And um, I was working at an Italian restaurant. Mm -hmm. And this couple that came in all the time were regulars and we just got to talking and I was telling them how I love to work out and this, that, and the other. And they connected me with one with my mentor, Bill, um, who owns a small semi-private gym mm -hmm. in the area. And so I contacted him 
and I started an internship there and he just totally changed everything for me like he taught me so much and totally like changed my mindset and educated me on the field so that's how I kind of decided that this is my path right right well it's interesting so you're working at a place and then it kind of went from there um what do you want to achieve in the business like what do you i know you, you know you're 25 you know i remember when i was 25 i was like i'm not sure what's going on here completely uh yeah and but uh if you, if you had to say hey how do i want this to really work out how do you want it to work out if you if you could really like say hey this is what i'd like to see I would really like to see myself become successful with female athletes. So I think athletes are really fun to work with. And I think there's such um, a niche for female athletes, athletes specifically, right? especially high, the high school age. And I'd love to help them realize that this is something that they can do for the rest of their lives, even if they don't go on in college and play a sport, fitness is, can always be a part of your life. It should always be a part of your life. Um, and I want to educate them and help them to understand the importance of it in their lives. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Honestly, it's, it's refreshing that you have that feeling about it, but you know, right now you're at uh, you're at Exos, right? Um, I'm not anymore. You're not? No. Oh, really? This is this yeah. breaking news or uh, what's the deal here? No, I haven't been there since about March. What? Um, yeah. Well, I told what happened? You Tell I me told what happened. No, but nobody else knows it. I know it, but who, who else knows um, it? So I decided, so in August of last year, I took an internship at a private school um, for strength and conditioning. And yeah. I was doing that in conjunction with being a health fitness specialist at Merck for Exos. Uh Um, In March, I decided it would be best for me to leave my full-time job and focus on my internship and studying for the strength and conditioning exam. So the Uh CSCS. Yes, yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I decided to kind of take a leap of faith and leave leave my it was like a question you're like is it a leap of faith well it was <laughs> because i was leaving my full-time paying job <laughs> for a non-paid internship yes which sounds course. crazy to some people but the experience i had was worth more than it i can take that with me wherever i go everything right. i learned so it sounds crazy to think about, but it led me on a path and a journey that so far has been pretty cool and amazing. Um, so I'm just kind of starting my own thing and yeah, I'm, I'm starting to slowly build up my clientele, which is, is fun and exciting. It's nerve wracking at the same time, but nerve-wracking about it tell me you never know what's gonna happen like when your clients go away you have to plan accordingly Mm. um so 
you have to kind of budget things and you know you're always working 24 hours a day you're always trying to get new clients and build up your clientele because unfortunately it's the nature of the beast you never know you never know what's going to happen in this field and one minute you could have 10 clients and then all of a sudden you could have five so it's just it's always nerve-wracking to not know because you're unsure but that kind of keeps me motivated to keep mm-hmm. pushing and and you know educating myself to better myself to keep building my clientele right eventually build into this business or brand that kind of sells itself like I want people to know that I'm not just some trainer like I am passionate about what I do I educate myself I continue to learn I care about all of my clients and their injuries and I want them to feel special because they are special and they deserve the time and the programming that is specific for them and their needs. Right. How do you think people view personal trainers in this day and age? And what's your experience, how people view it? My experience is that, first of all, anybody can be a personal trainer. And I Mm. think think that is great, but also that can be a challenge for people like us who – have gone to, who study and go to school and, um, you know, build a brand and make a name for ourselves and continue to educate ourselves because, because I'm, I'm not saying everybody is, but there are some trainers out there that are just passionate about fitness and decide, oh, okay, I'm going to be a personal trainer. Yeah. Which I think, you know, If you're passionate about it, great, you should pursue it. But I think also following it up and continuing to educate yourself and understanding why you're picking your exercises and why you're programming the things you're programming are going to be super important and help you stand out. So I think that the difficulty in today's society is that people don't always understand the value of somebody who continues to educate themselves and and understands why they're picking exercises and they're programming the way they're programming. So it's just a matter of being able to stand out against everybody else. So how do you see kind of the current state of fitness and personal training in terms of social media and how it's depicted online? I think it's made to be this glorious (laughs) look at me I'm fit kind of Uh of image but it is a 24-7 grind right and you know you can't believe everything on the internet (laughs) it's just so simple (laughs) can't believe everything on the internet you know it's just not there I I like talking to young people and like your age because you know I think um, you know, millennial culture gets crushed by a lot of people my age or older. Right. And um, but, you know, every generation has its thing. And like I am the Generation Xer 
and my generation was considered to be like the slackers. That's what we were called. Like, oh, you're just lazy. You don't do anything. And uh, but that's not true. I mean, I'm I'm not indicative of that. I never I've never been a person who I can be like, oh, I'm lazy and stuff like that. And so, but I also didn't grow up with uh, social media. You know, I, I didn't have that. You know, we had like old school computers and stuff. And so right. tell me the difference you feel like in your generation. Is there the pressure or is there differences or like feeling related to being out in the public? Absolutely. I think social media creates this face. Like, I think that, you know, I'm just going to use this as an example, but I'm sure everybody feels this way in some way or another. But, you know, I go on social media and I click on people's stories or whatever, and they look like they're having this grand old time. Hanging out. And I'm like, what the heck? I want to be doing that. And Uh so it just creates this like, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? Facade. Like it looks like one thing, but really it's, it may be a total different thing. So I think so growing up with social media is a challenge. I think you need to remember that, you know, just because it looks like people are having a great time or, you know, it's that may not always be that way. So especially I think social media has played a huge part in, body image particularly and in the fitness world too and I just think that you you need to be comfortable in your own skin and love yourself for who you are because there's always going to be somebody out there who is thinner than you or fitter than you or more toned than you but you need to focus on your goals and how you can get there and know that it's not always as glorious as it seems on the other end. Right. And how do you think that's affected you personally and your journey? And they're like, just get, let's, let's dive deep into this. How's oh, it affected we're, we're you? We're going to dive deep. Yeah. So I'm definitely a body, like I definitely have some sort of body dysmorphia. I'm a pretty fit person. I work out, I eat very healthy, but I go on social media and I'm like, I'm not as fit as her. Mm. And I just, and then you just feel like you're not good enough. And that is, or that's how I feel anyway. And that, that can be a challenge. So when did this start? Like, you, you know, um, that you started feeling this way, like you start going on there and you're feeling that, did that start when you're like high school or is that still like something that you struggle with or you're just kind of like, I don't know. I want to understand that. I'm sure it started in high school, um, but then it, it kind of follows you. And as social media has become, you know, have, has had a stronger presence, especially like people are posting, you know, whatever, bikini pics because it's summer or their workout. And so you look at that or I look at that stuff and and then I have to check myself back into reality and say, okay, it's okay. You're super fit. But I think this has had, this has always been, this has always been something for me. I think especially as a girl, you're constantly comparing and I'm sure guys do it too, but I I think it's more prevalent in young females. You're always comparing to other girls and 
what else is out there and social media has just kind of opened that up and given you more people to compare it to rather than just whatever's in your local town so mm-hmm. i think that makes it a little bit harder too um, now you say that guys you say guys probably do that too what have you seen where you think that's prevalent me you know i don't i don't notice that a bunch with guys but then again i'm also not on social media generally right. i'm just like on professional media uh like linkedin so how do, from a female perspective, how do you feel that maybe guys are influenced by that? I don't know. I mean, if if you're looking at like some dude's arms, like maybe <laughs> maybe you want arms like him. Sun's out, maybe guns right. Out. I don't know. Sun's out, guns out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what goes through guys' heads. They're pretty complicated. <laughs> guys are complicated sometimes. Okay, okay, hold on, wait, wait, wait. This is we're going there on this. Oh, you no. said it, and it's happening. You're on this podcast, oh. and I tell everybody, we tell the truth, and we just go. Where, you're going to be on here. You're going to be honest. I'm honest. How are guys complicated sometimes? I don't know. I feel like they just. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just feel like I think I know what you're talking about one second, and then two seconds later, you're talking about something totally different. So Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. But I'm sure yeah, I told you to be ready for this. You're right. <laughs> I'm not ready. This is a little different than talking to me on the phone, which we've done. Yeah. Off, but I'm I'm gonna dive a little deeper and make it a little right. juicier here. Okay. So you gotta give me some information here. All right. Uh, I just feel like guys guys act like you're all simple and easy to figure out. Ooh. But some I don't know. I I I struggle. I can't figure it out. So <laughs> maybe. Maybe it's just me, but I feel what's like, been your issue with it? I don't know. I feel like I know what you're talking. About. Like I said, I feel like I know what you're thinking one second. And then the next second, I'm like, where did that come from? You know, hmm. does that make sense? Probably no, not. actually, probably. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, I'm just trying to I'm trying to you're going to tell me some stuff here. It makes sense <laughs> in my head. I think we should just move on. (laughs) No, I don't think we should move on. I think uh, this is, see, this is the thing about talking, being open, having conversations with people, tackling the tough subjects, I think is really important with people. So in your mind, you're, you're saying that, let me get this correct here, that talking about one thing, but then you think you know what's going on one way, then the other way you're like, what, what happened there? I thought I knew what was happening. Explain that a little bit more. I just feel like boys are all all over the place. All, really? Like, yeah. Like in what way? What do you mean? I don't. I'm. Let me think. Let's let's think about this. Um, okay, let's think about it. They're just complicated (laughs) we arrive back at the complicated i I don't know how to explain it well you know i think the complication um potentially could be have a very difficult time telling each other the The truth truth. and being honest with each other right Um, let me lead you to pasture here let me let me lead you a little bit okay i'll lead here all right so (laughs) people often you know i've talked to some of my clients and one of my clients is uh a clinical psychologist. And I think we are, we're living in an age where we have more connection than ever, but we have less honesty than ever. And people are have a very difficult time saying how they feel to other people, like truthfully. I would agree with that. For that. All right. Is that a little 
closer towards what you're I think in general, not just boys. Not just men, but general people. But I I do agree with that. I think that um, it can be challenging to tell the truth. And I think that no matter what the situation is, it can be difficult because you may feel you may feel judged. You may feel Mm -hmm. like you don't want to hurt the person's feelings. You may right, right. Whatever, but I think I totally agree with that. I think there is such a connection because of social media and and everything with technology in today's day and age. But I think because of that, it's also very hard to be be truthful and be present with what's mm. going on around you. Right. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's. A, I talk about this to lots of people and as I'm, I'm a very curious person and I love to hear what other people have to say and probably what led me to doing a podcast as well as I was like, oh, I'm curious about the mind of other people and how they see certain things going. And I think there's, there's a real judgment that that people feel like, Hey, if I'm actually my true self, like I'm actually the person, the authentic me, I wonder how people will feel about me if I, did that. And I think it also coincides with the the rise and the kind of the, I would say more acceptance and and I don't know if the globalization is the right word but as you know people of different genders um you know uh, how people view their sexuality um different things like that is is certainly become a much larger topic mm-hmm. and more acceptance in our society of being yourself. And I love it. I like when people want to be who they are because uh, you're good enough the way you are you know it doesn't just because you're maybe very different from other people doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you I agree but I think it can be hard for people to accept that because you know everybody's different and that's what makes the world such an awesome and amazing place is that we all contribute our own thing but I think it's scary to want to be to be yourself and to have this fear of being rejected and being unliked by people and I so I think that I think everybody should be themselves because like I said you are what makes the world such a great place yeah you contribute to the world in such a awesome way more than you think you are you're you could be impacting somebody and not even know it but you have to be yourself, and I think you can't really care what other people are going to think about you. And, right. And you need to just kind of take a deep breath and let it be what it is because <laughs> there's people in the world that are not going to like you, and they're not going to like what you do, and they're not going to like what you're about, but you're awesome the way you are and what you believe in, and you'll find people that you're going to connect with. So I think that being true to who you are is is one awesome thing about today's society. So tell me a little bit about how you have experienced rejection in your life and how that has affected you. How I've experienced rejection. Oh, boy. (laughs) You're like, this is a lot more than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. This is not what I signed up for. Yes, it is, Um, Gianna. You're right. Um. I don't know. I think I've been rejected 
Okay. We're going to go deep here. Let's do it. I think I've been rejected in friendships because I've, I've kind of, especially with, with women, because I feel like I try my best to be who I am and I'm a people pleaser. So I want to please everybody and I hate letting people down and disappointing people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I get wrapped up in that. And I think that that kind of, you know, you get caught up in that and people kind of are like, okay, enough is enough. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know, more recently, I've just been trying to stay true to myself and stick with, you know, what makes me happy because I can't always please everybody else. And what I've found is that I'm, you're not as rejected because people are accepting you. Like you just have to be true to who you are and, and you can't try and please everybody because that ends up not pleasing everybody. And then you kind of get rejected that way. So I think girls, in general are hard to be friends with and it can be challenging to find that good group of friends that you trust and you can talk to. And, you know, especially recently I've realized like you have to be honest with your friends and Mm -hmm. be honest with yourself. And if people decide to reject you, they decide to reject you and if they decide you're not worthy enough. Well, guess what? Then they're not worthy enough to be your friend because Everybody is worth it, and you shouldn't let stupid stuff stand in the way. You know, the concept of resiliency is is interesting. Uh, one of my past guests, Katerina Miller, it's a big uh, topic for her. You know, she's a performance psychologist, and she talks a lot about that concept of resiliency. I think sometimes we we want to live in this world where, like, let's uh, let's make it really happy and have a good time. And, uh, you know, let's try to change these things so there's not a lot of negativity and stuff. And believe me, I'm a very positive person and I believe in being positive. But I also think there's just things you can't do anything about. True. You know, you can, there could be more controls on social media and different outlets and things that make it more of a positive element. But you're still going to have trolls and people who just are miserable. And their sole goal is to kind of say, hey, I'm just going to be miserable online and just try to destroy Destroy you. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, all I know what to do with stuff like that is it's just it's just either one, like I'm not on there. So I guess I don't see all this stuff. But two, if somebody is going to be like that to me and be like, listen, I'm sorry you want to be like that towards me. I think it's a deferred anger, honestly. And I also think it's just a lot of cyber anger. Like most people are pretty civil to your face, generally speaking. Yeah. That's been my experience. I, yeah, but then the amount they have of the screen to protect them, so they say whatever they want to say because they're not face to face. Yes, yes. And uh, actually, there's a good book. I can't remember this book, but my wife gave it to me. Is is to read? Um, oh, it's called The Opposite of Hate. It's a pretty good book, mm. and it's. Um, Spy, like a, an analyst on um, Fox News, who's like more of a Democratic leaning analyst. I can't remember her name, but she talked about like all the trolls that like just put all these disgusting things up about her on Twitter and stuff like that. 
And she did something I thought was really creative. She ended up, because she has a huge following, information, she was able to find out who these people were and actually call the trolls on the phone. Oh, my gosh. And have conversations with them. And she said it was extremely surprising what she found out. What do you think she found out? That, I don't even know, that they probably shut down because they were called out. (laughs) You know, what she found out was that um, most of the people who were do- saying the worst things, they were just doing it because they were bored. Oh, they're literally bored. They found a target and they were like, you know what? I don't have anything going on in my life and I'm just bored. So I'm just going to be rude, which is strange. So weird. And then the other thing was, is that they thought that the hateful comments that they had really wouldn't have any effect because they considered themselves nobody. So they figured their comments would have no effect because they're not uh, famous people. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You some way. Right. Right. And, you know, as, and she found out the third thing was that most of these people were pretty nice people. Actually, Hmm. they were, they, she got to know them and she was like, they're just regular folks. And, they literally were just just saying these things because they were bored. They didn't think it would be a big deal. They said it. And I wonder, it made me feel weird to hear, to read that. Honestly, I just, that is strange. It's just strange. It's, it actually made me feel sad for the state of people who are doing things like that. And I was like, what's going on in your life that you feel like you have to go on to this and be mean on the small screen and just spew really disgusting rhetoric towards people that's what does that say about your life you know that's i yeah that's horrible isn't that crazy challenge or channel your energy and do something positive (laughs) don't rip just because you feel like you're a nobody or your words aren't going to affect somebody like Go do something that's going to help somebody. Go volunteer. Go yeah. feed the homeless. Go. I don't care what you do. Do something, but don't be mean. Right. Right. And you know what's funny is I, this is just my observation. This has some people will listen to this and go, oh, that's probably not true. I'm like, that's why I'm saying it's my observation, only what right. I see. But everybody that I talk to, I face off with, they're, they're not comfortable being on social media putting out weird posing pictures, taking selfies all the time, having this weird social public behavior that needs to be recorded all the time. I mean, I listen, I, it's funny. We got on this, we got on this podcast and we're talking like we're old friends and stuff. I barely know you. I mean, that's the truth. Like, but you know, you create connections with people. I don't know if you're doing that or not, but I do know. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't think you were, but most of the people that I know that are actually doing things, they're busy, they're climbing, pushing, growing things. I, I, I don't see them doing that behavior. I don't see them exhibiting that behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, I've not talked to one person who's like, I went to their social media or whatever, just was like, oh, let me check out what they sent me. And there's just like all these like weird ass out pics, you know, like social weird. Yeah, is such a crazy tension thing. Like, like I'm out here trying to talk to people and trying to build my connections with people and my network. And yeah, social media is a great platform for that, but I I think it screams 
for some for that you want something else like attention you want you mm-hmm. want a million followers and and yeah that is that cool uh, yeah that's cool if you can get a million followers and that's but what's cool about it? i want to know what's cool about that i'm i'm curious like i think it's i mean i follow people on instagram and i think it's i think it's cool because i can see what other strength coaches are doing and mm-hmm. get ideas about different exercises and oh i didn't even think about that or or whatever or oh i forgot about that one so i think it's cool in that kind of sense but uh-huh. i don't i don't feel a need to post pictures of my my body on social media why like, not people, i i don't i don't want people i don't want to hear people's comments <laughs> i i want to be comfortable in my own skin and mm-hmm. i don't i don't want to have to rely on and and I'm sure not everybody feels like this. This is just how I feel. I don't want to have to rely on people's comments t- to feel good about myself or or to feel bad about myself. The only mm. judgment that matters is my own when it comes to that. And so that's why I don't personally do it. But that's my opinion. And and right. you know, some some people put it out there for other reasons and and I'm sure their reason is 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 very valid but for me this that's why i don't do it i you know it's interesting i just um i think a lot of people know me they 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 know my stance it's not like it's not like i've never had this stuff i have had like every one of those things under the sun at one point in my life you know instagram and all this stuff and twitter and uh i think i was just a person who as i started seeing it for what i believed it was i was like you know these it's just not healthy, and generally speaking, you know, uh, it's just again my opinion. And I was like, I, I think it's it keeps you. It's a very good platform engineered by engineers and tech people to keep you into it. Um, it's a very addictive device, you know. Your phone's a very addictive device, you know. It's the irony is that um, I can do the show with just a microphone and my phone. And I'm on my phone doing it, but then I don't want to be on my phone all the time, you know, type of thing. Right. So it's a weird kind of dichotomy. And so how do you think we can grow with technology in a healthy way as it increases? First, I want to just say, I saw this quote the other day. Okay. I don't know who said it. I saw it. I was scrolling on Pinterest because that's what I like to do in my free time. Yeah, like while I'm waiting, like while I'm waiting in the line at the grocery store or something like that, like I'll just go on Pinterest. Um, But I saw this quote and it said, when the phone was tied, people were free. And I thought it was so meaning like when the phones were on a cord and you couldn't take it everywhere you went, people were free. They connected in different ways. and, And I just thought that was a super cool an interesting quote because it's so true. Like you look around nowadays and, and I'm guilty of it myself. Like I'm standing in line at the grocery store and I'm on my phone. Like yeah, every, you look around and you go out, people are out to dinner and they're on their phones and mm-hmm. they're, they're always on their phone. But mm. when the phone was connected to the wall and there was a cord and you couldn't take it everywhere, people were forced to kind of interact with each other. So I don't know. I saw that. And this, what you were saying just kind of reminded me of that quote. And I thought it was pretty cool. 
I think it's pretty cool too. And uh, it's in a weird way, it's profound. Like, you know, I lived through that. I am 41 and I, I remember very, very vividly before cell phones and um, smartphones. Like I can remember it like it was yesterday, not having it and having to go to a pay phone and putting a quarter in there to call somebody and actually memorizing people's phone numbers or else you wouldn't know how to call them type of thing. Right. And I remember having, you know, the landline and, you know, the like if you called and it was busy, you just couldn't talk to the person, you know, as, or you had to wait on the phone. Like if, in a family, you'd have to wait for the other person to get off the line before you could get on the line type mm-hmm. of thing. And I just, I just, it's very weird remembering that and living now for that. Yeah. It's different. It's, it's strange. It's strange. I mean, at your age, I mean, you probably didn't experience a lot of that. I, was, I mean, you kind I, of grew, I caught you know? the tail end of it, I think. Yeah. We, we used to have a phone in our kitchen. Yeah. Was on, and then we had a cordless phone and then we got cell phones. So yeah, I think I caught the very tail end. Right. It's weird though. Like I, I love technology. I don't want it to sound like I'm an anti-technology person. I actually like it, but I want to understand how we can grow in a healthier way with it instead of letting it overtake our connections with people. I think that that is the ultimate question. Come on, Gianna, give me some answers here. I want to know, what do you think? (laughs) It's like I'm getting beat down on this thing. (laughs) This is a lot of pressure. So much pressure. Um, <laughs> no, I think that I think that we all, if we all just make more of a conscious effort to put our phones down once in a while, like when we're at dinner, if we're the with a group of friends, if we're the ones that say, "Hey, let's put our phones down for this hour and a half and let's mm-hmm. just enjoy our time together," I think slowly but surely society would make a change. Because don't get me wrong, I think technology is great, and when I have a question and I can just grab my phone and Google it real fast, yeah, that's seriously so awesome. But there's a time and a place, and I think that when you're at dinner or you're hanging out with your friends, you don't need to be on your phone. Right. Everybody you want to talk to is right in front of you. So put it down. And I think if there's one person to take charge and say, all right, let's all get off our phones for a little bit. I think that that will slowly start to change. Yeah, it's a good idea. I think it's interesting. How do we implement that? You like us? I think there does need to be kind of a leader of the group who says, hey, guys, or you know, if you, let's say you have a, a grunt bunch of friends and you're going out and, you know, let's say you're telling everybody, ironically, you're texting them or whatever, you know, and you say, hey, we're all going to go out tonight, but let's have a phone free zone tonight. So right. this is our last communication with each other until we get to wherever we're going type of thing, uh, using this thing, whatever it may be. Well, there has to be a leader. I think there's always got to be a leader in anything. I think uh, groups without leaders is just a bunch of people running around doing stuff. Chaos. It's just chaos. People need rules. And actually, which brings me to, I want to pivot to some stuff. You're off the hook on that. Oh, thank you. (laughs) But you may not think that coming up next uh, for that. So I wanted to get your perspective, especially somebody in this age bracket of your um, thoughts on, politics in America at this age and uh, how you view it in this current time in your life. 
politics in America. Can we go back to the? No, we can't. I told you. You're like, ooh. I'm like, you may not think so. Um. Okay, politics in America. I think that, like you said, there need to be rules, but I think that I'm trying to think of the <laughs> best way. To this say is it. awesome. I had a brain freeze. <laughs> it's not that awesome. <laughs> well, how do you view the government at this point in your life? Have you given it a lot of thought? You know, you think about we have an election coming up in 2020. You know, I think there I mean, needs to be changes. Okay. I like, think I think that the government is meant to keep us together and keep us safe, so to speak, I guess. And I think that it's not always done the best way. I think that there needs there needs to be a stand and there needs to we need to all work together and we need to be a team and and the government is the leader, so they need to set an example. That was a very politician-y answer. I <laughs> just get right there. <laughs> this is a podcast. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, I think about when I was your age, I don't think I was very much involved in But in politics, my, in my honest opinion, I know a little bit of what's going on, but I really don't know much. Like, this sounds so horrible, but I, I don't really pay attention like I should. And I... So I can't really, I should pay more attention than I do, but I can't really speak much on it because yeah. I, I don't really know much about the situation. So I don't want to say something when I don't know much about, uh, about the topic. So why, so why do you think that you haven't paid attention so much? I, I'm not saying like you should or shouldn't. I'm just, I'm just no. curious. That's all. It stresses me out, honestly. And I know that. That's a horrible answer, but <laughs> it, it does. It stresses me out, and I know that my vote counts, and and I should pay attention, and I should care more than I do, but it's hard to follow, I think, sometimes, and there's so many opinions that it's hard mm. to, to kind of figure out what's right and what's wrong, and and so... I just don't pay as much attention as I should. And that's horrible. I think, no, I don't think it's horrible. I think that was probably the realest answer you could give for someone who that's feels That's why I was a little you know. wishy-washy in the beginning when you asked <laughs> that, because to be honest, I don't, I don't know. Well, I think, you know, part of this podcast, and I think I say this every time I have a podcast, the reason why I'm doing it, I'll probably get crushed a little bit about that. You always talk about this is why you do this podcast, but I think it's because it's I'm fascinated in how people think beyond their profession. Now, yes, Giannatino, fitness professional, you're more than that. You know, listen, we could talk about fitness a bunch and that's great. And, you know, I talk about that with people, but I think people want to know more than just what you do as a profession. I mean, that's not completely you. And I think, you know, what's happening in our country with uh, politics, I think that was such a real answer you gave. I actually thought it was really well done like uh, it's confusing like to know what's going on and all these opinions I think that's completely real 
I think people are completely exhausted and also really just confused about what the hell is happening Yeah. on that level because it's just there's so much variation going on. There's, yes. it's, a, it's basically a Twitter war of words. Uh, apparently, people are having not a lot of substance, but a lot of just yelling and um, name calling and garbage, garbage. And it just feels like, man, this is how if these people are going to try to reach for the highest office in our land, why are they behaving like five year olds? Yeah. You know? You're and the leader. You're the leader. Your behavior should be above reproach for that. But in, I don't care weird. who it is. I don't care who's the lead. Like, you are the leader of the country, so behave that way. Right. I feel like we've lost a lot of that sense of um, etiquette. Um, I know, like, I don't know if you experienced this, but at least for me growing up and now as an adult and uh, as the millennials say, adulting for a while <laughs> here. I'm not, a, I'll get back to that. Cause I don't understand why you say that, but, um, I, you know, I was taught etiquette by my parents and, you know, how you set a table and opening doors for people and stuff. And, uh, yes. I honestly feel like people are, I don't know if they're ruder, but I just feel like maybe they're not learning these things growing up so much anymore. What's well, your take on that? My mom and dad sent me to etiquette school. So, oh please, are you serious? Oh, I'm dead serious. Miss wait, wait, wait. Are you, is this true? Yeah, this is not a lie. You told me to be honest. I'm being. You honest. went to etiquette school? Yes. Oh, I have to know about this. I went to Miss Liddy's etiquette school. Hmm. My mom would probably say she, she that I need to go back, but <laughs> <laughs> but I did, and it was the it was. I was I think I was in middle school or like a fifth grade or something I was mm. I was young and all I remember is not wanting to be there and mm -hmm. sitting in this giant conference room in these big leather chairs and then at the end it was a I think it was a couple days I think it was a weekend actually it was like a weekend class and I went with my neighbor and neither of us wanted to be there, but mm -hmm. they taught us how to answer the phone, how to set a table, um, how to have a conversation, mm. which probably doesn't sound like I know how to do that. Cause I'm saying, <laughs> um, and yeah, and <laughs> you might need to go but back. <laughs> I, that's, that's what my mom would say, but, um, see that I did it again, but I did go to etic etiquette school and I did learn how to talk to people and how to be polite and set a table and say please and say thank you and hold the door for people so I, that uh -huh. was not a lie I did do that wow I don't I pretty much I've never heard that before I've never heard anybody say they actually went to etiquette school you can ask my mom Wow, that's uh, I'm gonna have to have mom on sometime and talk about this because uh, this pretty <laughs> actually, I think it's pretty work. powerful. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's to be determined, right? I guess, but yeah, so I don't know, I'm fascinated by the fact that you actually did that, and uh, because I just and I was sitting here saying, Oh, I don't think a lot of people do that, and you're like, No, I did. I'm like, What? Uh, yeah. what just happened? What just I happened did. here? You know, shocker. It is a shocker. Um, now, as an adult, did, did you find those traits to be uh, valuable or those lessons to be valuable? Some of them, yeah. Like, Really? I, why some of them? Well, 
I think that in the moment, I didn't want to be there. So mm-hmm. how much I paid attention, <laughs> I think is going to play a factor in some of them. <laughs> but I think a lot of them is things that I, I that my because my parents kind of instilled that stuff in me beforehand anyway mm-hmm. and then the class did it and then they kind of continued to like still my mom still I'm 25 years old and she still tells me did you say the hello to so-and-so like mm-hmm. yes mom I said hello <laughs> <laughs> but I think like it also has to do with your your leaders like my mom and dad have been such good role models to me through no matter what it was, whether it's work or socially or at home, um, they've just been great role models. So I say some because I forget about the class. I barely remember what I learned in the class, but they've instilled that stuff in me since from day one. Mm. So yeah, the class was helpful because do you as a little kid do you want to hear your parents say something 10 times no (laughs) I still but so hearing it from somebody else may have had a had a Mm, right that but my parents like they've been the best role models I think for me since they they have always supported me and cared for me and showed me right from wrong and said okay this is what you need to do and you're going to do it. So I learned everything from them. Wow. That's great. I didn't even have to go there. You just brought it up. I was going to ask you about your parents. My parents uh, are the best. Wow. That's great. You know, it's funny. Uh, Lauren said the same thing about her parents. Her parents are pretty cool too. Yeah. You're like, yeah, they're okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> not my parents, but not you know, my mom and <laughs> That's wonderful. You have that relationship. I have a very similar relationship with my parents and uh, it's always heartwarming to hear that because not everybody gets that, you know, you don't choose who you're born to. And, and, and many people I know are, have not been born to the most amazing people. Uh, So um, it's wonderful that you have that. So what, you know, I'd like to dive into kind of millennial generation issues with people your age. I did this with Lauren too. And I promise anybody else who's this age, you're going to get a heavy dose of this too. (laughs) And it comes in, but how do you view, um, you know, as you're working in the world and you mentioned before you're going off your parents' health insurance eventually here next year or so, and you're going out there and you're going to adult hard in the world. So hard. You have Uh, to adult. You have to, what is, the scariest thing about growing up and being an adult and getting out there? Not being able to support yourself and then eventually Mm. not being able to support a family. I think Mm. for me is the scariest thing. Like in February, I'm going off with my parents' insurance and Mm. currently I'm trying to start building my clientele and kind of start my own thing. And I think the scariest thing for me is what if it doesn't work? Mm. What if I don't have health insurance and something happens? Or can I afford to pay for health insurance on my own? Or do I suck it up and go and get a job that makes me miserable just so that I can live my life and have health insurance and take care of a family, but then I'm not happy. So it's that I think for me is, is the scariest thing. 
Yeah, I mean, that was a very honest answer. And I think I, I actually know a lot of people who are in that situation. And I think it's daunting. I mean, I, you know, it was different for me. Um, the, I think the Affordable Care Act is what raised the health insurance up to like 26 or so, something like that, um, with your parents. Mine was like 23, I remember. And so it kind of forced you to get out there very early in life and have to make those choices. I mean, I'm not sure whether one way is better than the other. I, I don't know. I'm fairly indifferent to it. Um, but it but it can be scary. I think that's the reality. And I think for people listening and you're of this age, and even if you're not of this age, because, you know, the getting off your parents' health insurance can be equated to when you're 38, 39, and you feel like you haven't done anything with your life and your career, and you're trying to figure out, I need to make this leap there's leaps at all stages of life beyond just being, you know, 25, 26 with that. And I think it's good for people to hear it regardless of their age. But I think, you know, I'm interested in your view of family um, and, and, you know, there's statistics and there's information that show millennials are getting married later. They're lowering the divorce rate, not just not because they're not getting divorced, but because they're just not getting married as much as other people. So what are your thoughts about that? I think that getting married later or, and building your career is great because you're setting yourself up financially um, to, to be stable in life. But I, I don't know, personally, I want to get married. I want to have a family I want to be able to do all the things I want to do and live my life and have a successful career. And it's just, no matter what age you are, it's scary to think about because you never know what's going to happen. And the choices you make take you on your journey to the next thing. And so it's like nerve wracking to think, am I making the right choices to set myself up for the future? Did that answer your question? No, it, it's, yeah, yeah. I like, you know, it's funny. This is how it works with Gianna, okay? This is how this works. She gives me a general answer first and then a more specific one after this. <laughs> that was your general answer. Now we're going to go for the specific answer. <laughs> You'd be what? a great politician because you're just great at talking around things. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what's sad is, like, I think I'm answering the question. <laughs> what was the question again? What are you talking about? Come on. Basically, like, how do you, millennials and what I've seen and what, you know, we're, we're understanding now is that, you know, getting married much later in life, don't, they don't feel the pull for having a family in their 20s, getting married when, like, 23, 24, you know, the white picket fence and all that. And but see, I am having a hard time answering that because I want the opposite of that. Do you want it earlier in life? I don't want to be 39 and getting married uh-huh. and having a kid. I want that sooner rather than later. And I know that that is not the answer you're looking for. But that, oh, no. that's the truth <laughs> is that I... I want to be married and I want to, I want to be married to my best friend and I want to have a family and take care of my family. And like, that's something I look forward to and I'd rather have that sooner than later. And I think that, yeah, it's great to build your career 
and set yourself up for success and get married later or not get married at all, whatever floats your boat. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, I want to be able to do that with somebody. Like I want to get married and grow my career and have somebody that I can share that with along the way. So I, I can't really answer that question because I don't think that way. You just did answer the question. Okay. Again, she gave me the general answer and then the Gianna specific answer. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying my best. Were you, oh, you're like, he's beating me up. I'm telling you, I'm never talking to him again. I'm, I'm never doing you, this again. This is terrible. I, I'm supposed to be on the show next week doing shots. That'll be better. Yeah, like, shots, please. You're like, I do one right now, I swear. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, man. No, Worst podcaster ever. Me. I know, right? Man, geez. Sorry. No, you know what? I don't want you to give me an answer that you think that, that I think you should have. I think it's you need to tell tell your story. Your truth is your thing. And just because everybody else was swimming upstream, and I don't know that everybody else was swimming upstream. I go it's the just opposite. Generally, yeah, you, the opposite. you're the opposite, right? So I'm very much like that. Like I'm generally very opposite of a lot of things. But I'm also very fascinated on how uh, your your generation is being viewed by the world. And I'm sure you're aware that uh, a lot of people crush your generation for mm-hmm. a lot of the weird things that they think are occurring. But I could also say you can do that with any generation, mm-hmm. honestly. And you know what? The Generation Z, they're going to get destroyed too on some level and stuff. It's, I think it's just magnified more because of, we go back to just the access people have to give yep. their opinion on things. Yep. Right. I mean, I think about when I was growing up, it was very difficult to give your opinion and other and a lot of people knew about it. Mm-hmm. You just didn't have the access. So basically, you gave your opinion to people who are very close to you in your inner circle, your parents, your friends, you know, people you went to school with. That was pretty much it. And you didn't know how other people lived that much. I mean, you didn't really get this sense of like the world at large was living this way or at least the perception of what they you would think they were living. It, it wasn't like that. Now it's just like, I wonder how this will affect us having so much access to how everybody believes they're living and, and the things, you know, I just don't know. I don't just don't think you should have the access to always just say whatever you feel like all the time. And it, it's just weird to me. I agree. I think it is weird because then it's also, if you put it out there, like it's out there forever, no matter yeah. what you do, it's out there forever. You can delete it, but guess what? It doesn't go away. It does not go away. It's always, that's why I think, you know, it's with, you know, things and pictures and, you know, it's like, I don't know, man, you can, somebody's going to go back there to look at that picture, you know, and think about it. You're like one day you're, when your grandkids mm-hmm. think about the technology that they're going to have, Oh man. Go Google their grandmother or their great grandmother. And it's going to be like, Oh my gosh. Really, grandma? What were you <laughs> thinking? So it's like, yeah, technology is great to have and it gives us access to so many things, but at the same time, is that really a good thing? I don't know. I struggle with it. I really struggle with it. I think some days I'm like, eh, I'm not into this. And there's certain things I'm just not a part of and you know, one of um, Julia Ayer, who was my first guest, and she goes, Dr. D, you got to get on. You got to up your social media game. I'm like, do I? I'm like, 
I don't know. I don't know that I have to. I mean, I I just don't want to be on Twitter and Instagram and all this stuff. I just uh, who gives a shit what I'm doing on my vacation? You know what I mean? Like, why, why do you care about that? You, you know, <laughs> you know, like not her. I'm just saying in general, like, I, wh- who cares right. what I did on vacation? Like, what? I don't know you. Why would you want to know what I did on vacation? Right. You know, like, I don't really think about what you did on your vacation. You know, again, in the general speak of people, right. not Julia. She's amazing. Um, but I think there's this overinflated sense of, like, everybody wants to know what you're up to. Like, I don't care what you're up to. But that, like, on back that to my point from earlier is, like, okay, you go on vacation and you post this picture of you doing something super cool and you post 10 million pictures of it. Like, yeah, it looks like you're having a great time, but in reality, are you having a great time or are you just posting these because it looks like you're having a great time and you want people to think you're having a great time? Right. And I will tell you this. I know this for a fact. It's happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to other people. You probably took that picture, and at some point during the day, there was probably some weird argument you had with your spouse, significant other, brother, sister, whoever. Where's yep. that picture? Where's yeah. that picture? Let's see real life. Let's see that when you Let's not were see at- the picture of you posing that took you 80 shots to get the <laughs> perfect picture of your body and whatever you're doing, let's see real life. And that's why I think, especially growing up today, I think it's such a challenge because yeah, back to the whole body dysmorphia and feeling left out and feeling like you don't have any uh, fun social life or whatever. I think it all goes back to that is you see one picture. But you is see that, one picture. Yeah. But is that real? I don't think it is. I mean, I could tell you many times I've been on a vacation and we were arguing about where to where to eat and and it blew up into something. I don't see anybody taking a picture of that argument. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody wait. We're having a terrible time figuring out where we're going to eat or so and so is not feeling good. Take a picture of him throwing up because he had a stomach virus during the like who nobody does that because they don't want you to see the darkness. And that's what social media is. You see. You show people what you want them to see. Oh, yes. And so it's not really what is real all the time. It may be sometimes, but not all the time. But you're controlling the narrative, right? People Mm -hmm. have the, now they have control over their narrative, but it may not be the actual narrative. Exactly. So you show people what you want them to see. And I think that's important to remember is there's more to the story than what is being seen. Or told. totally agree. Totally. See, that was very profound. What you, you're showing people what you want them to see. See, you said something there. It was really amazing. Thank you. I wasn't being condescending. Okay? I know. I'm not. I wasn't taking it that way. I was saying, Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> see, sometimes I give good answers. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to backhanded compliment you. You're smarter than you sound. Okay. That's- <laughs> <laughs> And all I'm saying, I'm going to give you the background on that, okay? Because my friends and I, I'm going to say, my friends and I, we do that to each other. So we'll be around each other. Like we're in Vegas, whatever. We're, you know, I go and visit and we party and I'll go, hey, you know what, Jason? You're You're smarter than you look. look. You're not as dumb as you look, you know? (laughs) Sometimes good things come out of that rat hole of yours. That's funny because one of my clients actually said that to me today. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I said something stupid. Oh, well, you know. See, not... Actually, I'm not going to say it because I'm not going to say it, but I said something dumb. <laughs> now, wait a minute. And How do you say that on here and then don't say it? Because it's, it's 
so dumb. I don't think it's dumb. I mean, let all me right. judge if okay. it's dumb. All right. I want to judge if it's I dumb. T- I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. But you're going to be like, wow, that was dumb. Okay. So I was like talking about vacations and I was like, I really want to go to Lake Tahoe. You know, there's this, that, and the other. And there's a giant lake. And he was like, well, it is called Lake Tahoe. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so stupid. <laughs> it's actually funny. I don't know. Dumb, no. I mean, funny. I think it was definitely funny. It was just like, oh, I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> like, uh, oh, well. You know, listen, I, I see now you were worried about that. That's, that's light work there. Come on. I mean, I mean, that's not as, like, it's not, you know, could have been worse. Lake Tahoe is pretty beautiful. I've been there many times. It's an amazing place and uh, pretty far away from you. Actually, yes. where are you located? Um, Philadelphia, right outside of Philadelphia. Oh, I see. Philly, I've been there many times too. Interesting. Philadelphia. Whatever. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, so why Lake Tahoe? What is it about the place? That's pretty far away from you. It is far away. It looks so pretty in all the pictures and... I love to go hiking and I love to like paddleboard and kayak and all that stuff. So I've just saw so many pictures online cause I was Googling like best places to go in the United States and mm. whatever. And, and that just kept popping up and I was like, wow, that looks really cool. So I was looking at all the different things to do. And did you know they have a lake? Uh, it is a big lake. <laughs> it is a big lake. Uh- <laughs> You know what you do? This is what you do too. If you if you tell a story and it's lame, you got to say at the end. One of my buddies taught me this. Her name is Jess uh, Dillon. She cracks me up when she goes, "Just say, and then I found five dollars." And you just you just <laughs> say like if it's a really bad story, you end it. Everybody, everybody's just staring at you. Are go, you saying my but, story? But I found five dollars. Well, I think you did find five dollars after that because you know I don't know. It's I, I found ten dollars. <laughs> Oh, okay, ten. I think it's five. You got to say it's five dollars. Oh, okay. okay, yeah, right, yeah. That's that's how it goes. Stop trying to mess it up. All right, type of thing. I found five dollars. I found five dollars. I'm gonna tell you that Lake Tahoe is fun. I think if you like skiing, you like the hiking thing, it's good. Uh, there's better places than Lake Tahoe to go. I promise you. Uh, it's uh, traveling is a big thing of mine, and uh, I think if you if you really love hiking and you like skiing and you like whitewater rafting and all that jazz i'm telling you the best place on the planet to go was whistler in bc canada okay don't even waste your time with lake tahoe sorry lake tahoe people but you found five dollars <laughs> and you can keep it all right <laughs> you go to whistler i promise you you'll never want to go to lake tahoe after that all right Damn. whistler it is Whistler. It's like literally the number one rated outdoor recreation place on the planet. For All right. That type of stuff. I'm going to take your It's word. pretty cool. It's only like two hours from me. It's a pretty amazing place. And um, right. uh, seriously, it's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'll have to check it out. Lots of partying. I highly recommend sitting at the Longhorn and having several drinks and watching people. I can it's amazing. do that. I've heard, I've heard, uh, but what I don't know Lauren too much. Uh, I found $5. That's what <laughs> <No>. I <laughs> She didn't tell me anything, actually. Oh. Okay. I don't, you know what Lauren did tell me, which was funny? She goes, oh. I got to this whole podcast and I didn't curse one time. 
That's like a record. I was like, yeah, that is, that is really, yeah. I didn't know that. That's the interesting thing. I don't know. We'll see. So we have to open up then and uh, just let it fly because it's not like there's a we'll explicit do that on warning. Our next one. Wow, dirty mouths, huh? <laughs> you have no idea. We really? Mm, yes. <laughs> you shut down on me. Mm, I found five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally, it's interesting. I'm not a big cursor, but you know, when I do, a uh, well placed f bomb's pretty good. Like it's amazing. And yes. uh, but honestly, when I start drinking, it does start coming out a little bit more. See, I like to say. I'm spicing up my language. I'm not cursing. I'm just sprinkling a little flavor here and there. I think it is. It's like flavor. It's adding a little garnish little, to the conversation. Yeah. So like that? Garnish? Exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. You're welcome for that. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to use that. Okay. Make sure you say that I told you. Dr. Uh, D said, Dr. D's garnish. Next time I curse and my mom yells at me, I'm going to say, Dr. D said it's garnishing my like my yeah my, well you know topic. i don't like when people curse like constantly like they don't know how to have a, a, a conversation, you know, a conversation. right and it's just like so constant and i think they probably grew up like that and it's just so much part of their vernacular and vocabulary but uh i really don't like that but i think a well-placed f-bomb you know um, it has to be the right moment you know what's really good? And when you drop a really good motherfucker on somebody, that's like an unbelievable thing. It's true. You know? I, what? Nothing. <laughs> I agree. I couldn't agree more. Why are you laughing? It's true. Because you really went for it. That's not going for it. I just said it. I, I and I used it and actually in a in a very intelligent way. I feel you did. like you did. Right? A well placed version of that. It it could be a very funny. It's like uh, my my wife, when I met her, she used to every once in a while, she goes, you know, that's horse shit. And it would always make me laugh when she would say it because she wouldn't say it that much, you know. So when she said it, it was. Yeah, yeah. And and every see, this is the cursing part of the uh, the podcast right here. Um, yeah. And every and then sometimes like if she's really upset, like really upset and somebody like cuts her off or something, she'll call the person like a fuck nut. A fuck nut. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Yeah, what is uh, that? I don't know. Uh, but That's a new one for me. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, it's just strange. And, like, when I was in college, see, I'm just rattling off stuff right now. Okay, you tell me what you think. All right, this is the weird portion of the show. All my buddies, like, in college, used to call people, like, dick cheeses all the time. And I said, man, Ew. what is disgusting? That's just gross. <laughs> that guy's a big dick cheese, you know. What do you that, like? That just sounds nasty. It sounds like a venereal disease. Yes, honestly. it does. Yeah, yeah, very disgusting. Ugh. I guess if you really don't like somebody. Yeah, that's I, I, a good name, I guess. I guess so, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think if it's well placed, it's timed the right way, it can be very powerful for be. that. Yes, it has to be the right moment, though. The right. So, what's the right moment? Oh, I don't know. I can't describe the right moment. <laughs> it has to be. You have to. It has to be like a mood, like a mood. Like it's just got to be the right scenario or the right conversation, and it's just like beep. <laughs> is that is that your whole like like the warnings the signal like beep cover up the the yeah. swear word thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know how they do it on TV. 
Right. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> I hate that. I wish they would just get rid of it. I'm like, eh, that's the point. Everybody knows what you're saying anyways. I know. But right? Yeah. I guess that, but it's just not as accepted in society, I guess. I don't know. I think I'm hearing more and more people. I personally would rather hear the word. I'd rather hear the word too. I think it's a... Uh... I really don't think it's like a huge deal, but I don't want to hear it all the time. I just don't think it's like the biggest deal. Yeah, I don't think it's the end of the world. Right. Kids are going to hear stuff. You know, I always tell, uh, I heard, no, I'm going to drop a quote here. Okay. Okay. You had a good quote. Now I'm going to match you for this. All right. Let's hear it. So I had a, I had a buddy way back in Vegas, like maybe like 15, 16 years ago. And I didn't have a child back then. And uh, he had a couple kids. And this guy's name was Dauber. He's a pretty funny guy. He's like from Arkansas, very country. And he, he used to always tell his kids, he's like, you can't help what you hear, but you can help what you say. That's a good one. I know. That's uh, pretty uh, amazing. Uh, I use it all the time. And I was go, you know, I tell my daughter, you can't help what you hear, but you can help what you help what you say, and you can control like how that. you act, right? I mean, you're gonna hear all types of stuff, all types of ugly things, nice things, but how you react, how you um, present yourself, that's under your control. You know? Right. I like that. I'm gonna use that. Well, we're just you dropping gems here hear, regularly. But you can help what you say. That's a good one. See, now there's a lot more where that came from. I'm telling you, the bank is deep. I don't doubt it. <laughs> I feel like you're being sarcastic to me a little bit. You know? No, I'm not. Not at all. I don't know why you think that. I think like just a little bit. There's something going on there. I don't know. I could be maybe, wrong. Maybe uh, slightly, but not that I do. I do think that you have a lot of wisdom. Well, listen, it's you know what? I also heard another thing that I thought was interesting is somebody was challenging that I, I saw on LinkedIn that said, uh, just because you're old doesn't mean you have wisdom for that. What? That's interesting. I think people associate wisdom with being older and you've gone with through age. all these things. Yeah. Right. And I said, is that true? Like, are you older? And then you have all this wisdom. I know a lot of ignorant older people and throughout my life. And I'm like, eh, yeah, you may have a point there. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it depends. Like, you may be ignorant towards one subject, but then you could have wisdom in a completely different area. Hmm. You've, but you've lived a whole life, so you have to have something. There's something there, right? There's got to be – like, you can't just be totally oblivious to everything. Like, there has to be some wisdom somewhere in there. Hmm. You've lived – if you've lived – let's say you've lived 70 years – Okay, well, you may not know much about whatever, but then maybe you have great insight on something else. You're making me think about this. That's good. This is challenging. This, like maybe this. you've never been married, so you are ignorant towards relationships, or maybe you've never been in a relationship, so you're ignorant towards that, but you have, you've been a very successful business person, so you could have great wisdom in business and careers wow uh i never thought about it that way um smarter than you sound okay <laughs> <laughs> backhanded compliment thank you very much
<laughs> you know what? You challenged me on that one. That one, I felt, I felt some, I felt something there. I felt. Did you feel wisdom there? I felt something, man. And I told you, I felt so. I felt like I didn't think about that before. And See? you just dropped some knowledge that I have to. I, you know, I'm big on reflecting, and I'm like, I'm gonna think about that later. You're I'm gonna, definitely gonna be thinking about that. You're gonna be thinking about that. You're gonna be like, dang, she's right. I think you might be right, honestly. I I was like, huh, that's true. I mean, a different pathways in life, you gain wisdom through, you know, you you learn lessons and things. Even if through- you weren't successful in it, you've learned something from it. So you can pass that on to somebody else and help them hopefully make better choices than you did. Interesting. I think that's true. How do you... How do you want to be remembered throughout your life? You're young right now. You know, young people don't really think about, you know, the end of their life and where, you know, the court. I mean, how do you know how, what's, how your life's going to turn out? I mean, it's all, you know, you, you make decisions with information that's at hand. Um, but how do you want to be remembered? Can I say two ways? Yes. Okay. I want to be remembered as a kind-hearted, loving person. Because I, I care, I, and I think this is my biggest downside sometimes is, is that I care too much, almost to the point of default. And I want to be remembered as a hard worker. I don't know. I think I work really hard and I'm not afraid to bust my butt to get what I want. So yeah. I think that. Those are the two things I would want to be remembered for. Yeah, that sounded like a Hallmark card, just so you know. Um, Maybe I should write for Hallmark. I mean, you really got these whole, like, beat around the bush type of things going that on. That was my and real answer. You, I don't... you got, like, a cliche answer half the time here. You I know? was very honest. I said that <laughs> I said that I am, that uh, being caring is probably my biggest default, though. Why is that? I mean, I want to know more about I, that. I think I just care too much. I think it ends up sometimes screwing me over. Like like I said, I care too much about what hurting other people or what other people mm-hmm. are going to think that I don't always vocalize my opinion because I don't want to upset somebody else. And then it ends up screwing me over. Interesting. You know, that leads me into um... – I was thinking about asking you this question when I was uh, I was coming back from taking my daughter to swim lessons, and I was like, "Oh, we gotta get back home. I gotta do this podcast with Gianna." And uh, my daughter's like, "Oh, I love your podcast. It's fun. You're having good times." I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's amazing." And I go, "I wanted to ask you, what do you think the biggest misperception people have about you is?" Hmm, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. My biggest misperception. Oh my gosh. These are the hard hitting questions here. I think sometimes. I think sometimes I just. Sometimes I. This is going to sound like I'm contradicting myself. Sometimes I come off the wrong way or I say say things that just come out wrong that I don't mean so I think sometimes people are like what the heck 
Does that make sense? What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) No, like sometimes I'll say something and it'll come off really. Example. Rude. (laughs) Example. We all need an example to understand this. Here comes specific Gianna. Here we go. If let's just say my mom asks me if I like her shirt, instead of saying, I don't think it's super flattering. I would say, ew, why the heck are you wearing that? Okay. So I think that sometimes I need to think before I speak because I think it comes off wrong. So people, people may, uh, think I mean something different than I do. I see. You didn't mean it that way, but it came out that way. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't meant to be hurtful. It was a little honest, but it wasn't meant to be hurtful. And I think that I need to work on that because sometimes people perceive things or differently than I mean, mean them to be. Yeah. This is a skill you will get better with over time. I'm telling you, if you work on it, you will get better because it is definitely something you want to get better at over time. Oh, I'm definitely working on it and it's definitely getting better. So that's a good, that's good. But that was a tough question. Well, I think, you know, I like asking questions like that because I think it's, uh, what's yours. Oh, good. I like, we're playing this game now. Now you're taking over. That's good. I like that. (laughs) Um, taking charge. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I think the biggest misperception people have about me is that I am very straight laced and very clean cut in my behavior, I would say. So that's a, that's my overarching answer. And my specific answer would be that. Yeah. Let's hear um, your, your Gianna answer now. My this I gave you my Gianna answer and yep, now I'm going to give you the specific the answer. Thank you. Okay. And uh, I think that, like people will be surprised to know that I like to smoke weed and that wow. I've done mushrooms. Yeah. People will think, wow, this guy, look at his resume, you know, on LinkedIn and what I've done. And I think if you looked at me on paper, you'd go, there's a pretty straight laced guy, like, you know, big time rule follower, um, you know, very uh, polite, um, really into manners and etiquette. And I, I am all those things, but I'm also but like to smoke weed. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. I live in a state where it's legal and the last state I left, it's legal also. And I'd, I'm a researcher in the sense that I definitely research a lot of things before I try them and do things. Um, but I think like when I started smoking weed, I think a lot of people were very surprised that I was doing it. Hmm. Um, even my family, like my brother had been doing it for years and my family knew that. And I think they, because he was more of the wilder one that they kind of were like, yeah, it makes sense that he's doing that. And when I did it, my parents were shocked. They were like, what? I feel like my answer was dumb. (laughs) What? (laughs) What are you talking about? Come on. Like I, I really was thrown off. I couldn't think of anything. So I just made one up. Really, Gianna? Well, come that on. wasn't made up. Like that's that's sometimes I really do say things and they come off the wrong way. But I feel like that wasn't a good answer. Now, I see like, because yours, in comparison, mine's good. very honest, right? Yours was good. It is true, and I've I think I've said this like five times on a different on my podcast. But 
And I did uh, Magic Mushrooms uh, like a year and a half ago, two years maybe. And uh, it was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had, mind-blowing, life-changing experiences in a very positive way. And I was very ashamed to tell people when I first did it because there's this stupid stigma behind things that are listed as Schedule One drugs, which are pretty much harmless, like marijuana and psilocybin. Um, and but I had you know gone through all these research studies of John Hopkins and 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 read all these different articles about us. This this seems like like when people do this, like they become extremely happy for a long time. It changes something in them. So actually, one of my clients got me into it, which is funny. One of my training clients, hmm. uh, I I did it with him, and um, I think it was just a, such a powerful experience because I felt more at ease with nature. It grew me closer to my wife. We already had a great relationship, but I felt even closer. I feel like kinder, more relaxed, more chill. Can I ask awesome. you a question? Yes. Um, so how did that conversation come up with your client? Uh, he brought it up. He, uh, well, I think what it was is I think they had this perception of me too, which is what I was a super straight laced guy. Again, I think there's a lot of me that is that. But but you like to let loose here and there. Yeah, I like to let loose. They they know I drink and stuff like that, drink and all that. And then and I said, well, you know, I do smoke weed because I just started building up the courage. And I was like, I'm just going to tell anybody. I really don't care what they think of me. If that crumbles our relationship, then it was it was thin to begin with, you know. And so then he started telling me about like that. He has mushrooms and he has like LSD and all this stuff. And I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've got all this stuff and I've tried it here and there. And I mean, this dude's like a serious heart surgeon. Like, I'm not, I would never name his name, but he's, oh, he's like an awesome asking. guy. And, uh, and he's so successful. And I said, you know what? All these successful people I know are microdosing with these, you know, mind altering psychedelic drugs or, or smoking weed or doing, you know, putting like the THC cream and stuff on their body and helping with chronic pain. I said, these are not losers. These are not people who are in a basement playing NBA 2K all day, (laughs) you know, hitting the water bong and just completely blown out of their mind. Like these are like super successful human beings. And, uh, and I was training him one time by himself as I trained him and his wife. And he goes, you want to do mushrooms? And I was like, yeah, I think I do. And so we went on this amazing walk in Red Rock Canyon, beautiful place in Las Vegas. And I, and I, and I took a gigantic bag of these mushrooms. It tasted terrible. And Really? Oh, it's disgusting. Ugh. I've, never, I, I've never had them, so I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, I, I'm telling you, I would highly recommend it. But it I tastes bet. disgusting. Yeah, of course you are. It's amazing. <laughs> like, and uh, it just was like the feeling of your body disintegrating, like like literally like hmm. losing your arms and legs and just your 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 spirit existing, your soul just existing without its body is the feeling that you feel. And it's a very concerning feeling initially because you're like, I don't exist physically anymore. And um, that took some getting used to, like watching it happen, like physically watching it fade away. Um, 
and you see a bunch of weird shit and stuff like that. You know, I mean, I, I was seeing all types of weird stuff. I mean, mountains breathing, you know, Tetris That's forming weird. stuff. That's... It was crazy. You know, planets forming. I mean, it's like, it's intense. It's like, it's like really intense. And uh, it changed. And I, I, t- I remember I put my hand down into the sand and I felt and I saw the veins of the planet reach back and grab my hand. Oh, that's crazy. And I started crying uncontrollably. And uh, that's when I knew. I said, my life's going to change. It's going to change. I feel deeply connected to the planet. And I need to live near water. I need to be in the environment. I need to be with nature. And it was a big reason why I moved from Las Vegas to uh, Washington State right on the water uh, mm-hmm. for that. And so it was very powerful. So I think <clears throat> that misconception has grown into this authentic personality where I'm still very straight-laced and I'm very responsible. I'm a super like organized person, but I'm also like somebody who I'll try stuff with you. I'm not crazy stuff. You know, I'm like, I'm not doing like some crazy hardcore drugs. I don't consider those things hardcore like drugs. Those are, yeah. Like, you know, cocaine, all this, stuff. like that's yeah. crazy. That's like crazy. I know people who do that. They do blow and all that. I'm like, what? What are you doing? You know? But these things I researched, they're plants, they're natural. And uh, you should listen to um, the podcast that I recently had with Emma Petrack, a good friend of mine. And she is a fitness person, but she also ended up becoming a cannabis entrepreneur. Huh. And she owns her own brewery and cannabis company. And she created the world's first uh, THC beer. It's amazing. And I have to try it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, you it's haven't insane. tried it yet. No, I'm going to. I, I wanted to. I said, "Can I get some? Like, can you like send me some <laughs> or I whatever? Some? I can. I get some of that drink. <laughs> like, <laughs> send that our way for hello. Come on, <laughs> please." And she goes, uh, "No, no, you have to have it in Vegas. You know, they have it in some places in California and stuff, but you can't like send out send for it. it. You know, uh-huh. which sucks." And. uh so when I go back to Vegas again, I think I'm going to go like bring my, you know, microphone and stuff. I'm like, and then we're going to tape me drinking the THC beer. Wow. Yeah. I know you want to be there. You're, you're like, man, I need to be there for that. I think I'm going to need to call Lauren. You guys know I need to come to Vegas, man. Lauren, <laughs> like, we need to book a flight. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you might die when you're there, but. You know, oh, okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't let that. I wouldn't let that happen. But, um. But there's no alcohol in it. It just tastes like beer, apparently, looks like beer, and there's like five milligrams of of uh, THC in it. And so she was describing that it it gives you kind of the, the taste and the feeling of drinking beer with the weed high. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, and I said, sign me up for two to three of those, okay? <laughs> uh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, while we're doing it, I want to be smoking a huge joint at the same time. When I'm doing it. So, boom. Dang. You really thought about it. I think about everything. I I, thought long and hard. You know, I'm slowly learning that. Yeah. I don't do anything on a whim. I'm not a spontaneous person. I'm a very much like, let me think about this. Hey, I'm the same way. I like to think think things through before. Right. Just I I didn't invite you on the show on a whim. I thought about it. We were talking on the phone and throughout the course of the conversation, I'm like, this is starting to marinate for me here. I'm thinking Gianna has to be on the show. I'm really thinking about this, you know, 
And now today you're like, what was I thinking? I'm regretting it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But that's, I think for me is uh, I can be, I really take a while to kind of think about stuff, but I'll, I'll try things that are controversial within limits. But I think that's like, whenever I tell people I did mushrooms or smoke weed, they're like, really? I'm like, yep. And, uh, you know, I've had some people say, are you afraid to say that on your podcast? And something like, nope. I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, it doesn't matter to me. If you think that if that changes how you feel about me, that's, that's on you, not me. I'm comfortable with myself, you know? But again, that's your choice. Who cares yeah. if, if somebody's yeah. going to think differently of you or drop you as a friend because you've done that. Well, then maybe your friendship wasn't that great because right. it's your life. It's your body. And if, if that's what you choose to do and you thought long and hard about it and that's what you want to do, then you do you. It's fine. And you know, if they don't like it on this, they don't have to listen to it either. It's just, you, you have know. a choice and you can do whatever you want to do. So if they don't want to be your friend because of it or they don't want to hear about it, then like you said, don't listen to it. But you know what the funny thing is, Gianna, is that whenever I tell people, it's so funny. The next thing that happens, they go, I thought about that. I was like <laughs> thinking about it, you know, and like gives them permission to, to, to discuss it. <clears throat> and it's very freeing. And I say, guys, I wouldn't be doing this if I thought it was like really bad. Like if it was like an alter my life in a negative way, destroy my family relationships, friendships. I'm like, I'm not that type of person, you know, um, and I'm not an abuser. But I of, think of too, those things. not just with drugs, like that's with anything. Like once one person brings it up, then it gives others permission to, OK, it's OK to talk about this. And yeah, I think that that is relatable to everything yeah well nobody likes to be the first to do things you know they're like well i don't want to be the first of the party you know i don't want to be the first to talk about this and then it's just breaking the ice and i like breaking the ice i'm like listen guys let's just put it out there here's here's me here's what i've done here's how it is take it or leave it you know and it's very freeing to feel that way and you know i don't go hey you should come and uh, smoke a joint with me or you should do mushrooms i'm like no that's what i did and if you want to discuss it we can discuss it you know but like in that previous the pod i'm actually that the the weed podcast the one that's coming that's coming out tomorrow Mm -hmm. and uh, you got to listen to it i think you'll think it's pretty funny also but i think it's just just disgusting we're discussing things that i think a lot of people want to talk about don't have a lot of information about mm-hmm. and we try to provide that on there but then it's like lighthearted too we talk about like you know we we're smoking you know weed together and we're taking like 20 30 hits off of a joint you know like <laughs> because for me like i'm a volume smoker i can't do one or two hits it doesn't do anything like i i need like a lot and uh, that's just me yeah you know i don't know and uh but then we talk about the industry as a whole and where it's going and um, the trends and, and, and cannabis and whole things. And I think you're going to see, mark my words, remember this, there's going to be gyms with, with lounges with weed in it. I promise you at some point, it's going to be there, man. At some point, some point it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to, because in Colorado, I don't know if you knew in Colorado was like Washington they adopted recreational marijuana very early, like, I did like know six that. years ago. Yeah. 
And in Colorado, they did this huge survey of people exercise and 80% of the people said they smoke weed before and after they work out and it makes their workouts 10 times better. Are they taking pre-workout though? Or just smoke? Yeah, before the workout. They're smoking before workout. But are they also taking like a supplement like pre-workout? Oh, I don't know about that. They're just talking about like, do they smoke or not before and after their workout? Um, I was just curious. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not sure. But like 80% of that. Now, I don't know how many people, the respondents, but that's a lot of people on any survey to say that they're smoking weed before and And after. Yeah. And I'm going to do it too. I decided that I'm actually, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it today. Right after this podcast, I'm going to, I'm going to smoke a little bit. And then I'm going to go work out. And then again after? Uh, I'm not so sure after. Uh, I'm going to try one thing first. Are you going to give me a text and let me know how that workout goes? Do you want to (laughs) know? I mean, we're talking about the conversation right now. So I'd say I want to know. Okay. Now, do you want to know because you want to, you want to know like how I doing during it or like if I'm going to, if I'm going to fall apart during it? No, I want to know like, if you think your workout was better because of it. Okay. And what would that, if I say that it's better, what is that going to mean to you? I want the specific answer. Is it better? <laughs> because... <laughs> is it better because you feel like, ah! or is it better because you feel calm? What are you feeling? That's what I'm I... Okay, I'll tell you. And you know, this guy, Justin Hager, who was, he was the most recent podcast that I've just put out. Awesome dude. Uh, you should definitely listen to his. And we talk about microdosing. And he's actually done it. And he told me on the podcast, like, that he just feels more in touch with the sensations of his body. He said, particularly with endurance activities, that he feels like he's much more in tune with how he's feeling, his heart rate, and everything, and that it's a much, more intense in a sense in a good way an enjoyable way to do cardiovascular exercise okay that's what i want to know (laughs) that's what he said now i don't know for me it could be different it could be different i want to know i want to know i want the details man you really want the details on this i'm Uh, just curious like i want to listen to the podcast and i just this is i don't know this is interesting to me I think it is. And I swear I talk about weed more and more every time I, I'm on a podcast uh, and especially my own. But I think he was, you know, it's funny. We started talking about it and you'll hear it if you listen to the podcast. I will. He doesn't want to say anything. And then I tell him about me doing it. And he goes, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, I've been microdosing, uh, you know, marijuana uh, and, you know, before he works out and stuff. And he's just like, he raves about it. So you want to know something kind of part of the reason why I'm so curious is because fun fact about me, I have never smoked. I've never done drugs. I have never smoked weed. I've never done, never done it. So I'm curious. Like, that's why part of the reason why I want to know, I'm just curious how it'll, how it it will affect your workout. Like, obviously it's going to affect everybody differently, but I'm curious to, to hear what it does to you for your workout. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to be doing uh, cardiovascular-based exercise today, and I want to know how it feels. And uh, I've done it in every situation. I've overdone it. I have done it for, like, a light sleep aid. Uh, I've done it just to feel chill at a party. 
And I'm like, well, this is the next frontier. Uh, because I feel like, you know, like if I do, if I smoke and then I cook a meal, I'm very focused. It's like you're, my buddy always says, whenever you smoke weed and you have a task to do, it's the opposite of what people think. They think, oh, you're going to be lazy and this stuff. But if you, if you do it, you actually are more focused than you've ever been on that one task in your whole life. Really? I find that to be true. I find that to be extremely true. Like you just get in the zone hard when you do, when you, when you do that. That's interesting. Yeah. So uh, I don't think a lot of people would think that about me. And I'm using this podcast also as a way for me to for other people to get to know me and say, hey, this is me. Right. You know, you're going to hear everything, whether you like it or not. This is who I am. And uh, this is what I do. But I don't do it flippantly. I'm not that type of person. Yeah. Right. Think it through. All right. So last thing before we stop is I want to know about this whole Gerald personality. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's not really a personality. Um, okay. So when Lauren and I worked together, there's this kid uh, who worked at Merck. His name is Zach. But when, he, when I first met him, I don't know why and I don't know how I came up with this, but I thought his name was Timmy. Don't know why. <laughs> not even close to Zach. I'm not really sure. And it just kind of stuck. So, like, he's in my phone and everything is Timmy. Like, mm-hmm. not Zach. Timmy. So, one day, Lauren was sitting in our break room and I walked back there. And I was just like, Larry! And she was like, what did you call me? And so I was, and it was right after Timmy left. And I was like, Larry! Because she called me something weird. So then she just started calling me Gerald. So then it stuck. It was, we have Larry, Gerald, and Timmy. Okay. That wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. And then I found $5. Yeah. (laughs) I told you it wasn't really an exciting story. (laughs) On that, on that note, man, that was like a wah, wah, wah. I told you I found $5. Jeez, man. I know, but that was not great. (laughs) I told you the other day when we were on the phone, it was not a good story. Okay. Well, you know, this is to be continued because uh, I don't know that I remember you saying that, by the way. Uh, I'm going to, I I don't know about that. I'm positive I did. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, But um, it's fine. We agree to disagree here. You know, I I don't remember it. So it's not true to me. Uh, Okay. You know. Uh, it's true to you. It's That's true fine. To me and, and I'm sticking with it. You stick with it. You still found $5. I did. And um, I'm looking forward to the Good Time Charlie episode. I'm pretty sure it's next week or a week after one of those times. I thought we said it was and, the 11th. Oh, yeah. It's June, July. July. That's right. It's still June. I'm yeah. all over the place. It's still June. Yes. It's going to be in July. It's going to be huge. And uh, I promise I'll know, be gonna- more interesting. No, no, no. <laughs> this is the longest podcast I've ever done. Actually, this one. Longer than Lauren's. I thought there wouldn't be anything longer than that. Believe me. Um, and it was awesome. And this one has been awesome, too. I think we, we caught our sea legs. We got going here. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, I'm going to remember this for a while. Me, too. And, uh, and I want to make sure you share it with all your Facebook friends. I will. I'm going to make you... Facebook famous, Dr. D. 
Okay. And, uh, and I'll never see it on Facebook. That's so fine. that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> it's Lauren and I have a goal and that is to make you Facebook famous. Did you guys really discuss this? I don't think so, but you I'm just lied. No, no. Like it, but she shared it. So I shared her mm-hmm. podcast, I think right after we got off the phone last week. Yeah. So she shared it. I shared it. I'm going to share this one and then I'm going to ask her to share mine. So then we're going to make you famous. That could be interesting. You know what the best part's going to be for you? Listening back to your episode. That's the funniest part. Yeah, because I think I'm going to be really embarrassed. I think you are a little bit like you're going to listen back. You're going to go, what what was I saying? (laughs) But I do that anyway. (laughs) Like that's normal for me. So, okay. Well, definitely listen back to it. It'll probably be out in like a week or two. And I'll let you know when it comes out. But it has been a real pleasure. And I'm definitely going to smoke. And I'm going to tell you how it goes. And that's not going to be in my podcast. That's offline. So if you're not connected to either Gianna and I, sorry, you're not going to get the information about (laughs) how you feel when you smoke for that. It could go amazing or it could go terribly wrong. It could be an epic fail. It could be an epic fail. I mean, this is a real possibility, but uh, it's going to be my performance-enhancing drug of the day. But I'm so. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Okay, I'm, I'll definitely let you know. Thank you, Gianna, for being on the show, and Thank uh, you. good time, Charlie's next for you and I and Lauren. We'll be in touch then. I'm looking forward to it. All right, thanks. See ya. All right.